Welcome to the Life Christian Church Podcast, where our mission is to inspire people to the life God dreams for them as we spread His love in ever-widening circles. So today we want to focus our attention to Timothy, a disciple of Christ. Who is Timothy? Let's get some background on him. Well, Timothy, the name means dear to God. Timothy grew up in a town of Lystra as the son of a Jewish woman named Eunice, who was a believer and a Greek Gentile father. We know that Timothy's mother and grandmother raised him to have a deep understanding of the scriptures starting at an early age, which resulted in his salvation. Paul trained Timothy in the work of the ministry as it was prophetically revealed to Paul that Timothy would be ordained as an evangelist in the gospel ministry. And so Paul wrote letters to Timothy, whom he'd left in Ephesus to address the heresy and the ungodly living that had risen in the church. Paul now addressed Timothy as his own son in the faith and charged him to battle as a minister for what was right. Paul provided extensive theological encouragement to Timothy and told him to stand strong on the truth and battle of spiritual warfare. He also sent instruction on a number of topics such as prayer, appropriate dress, the selection of bishops and deacons. And in addition to these practical things, Paul told Timothy of how many would depart from the faith and how to conduct himself as a minister, a disciple of Jesus against the challenges of the day. I think we are faced with some of those same challenges that Timothy was facing in the church today as well. And so when reading first and second Timothy, you see Paul include continual encouragement. It seems that Timothy had the tendency to be timid, fearful, scared, and unable to fully face the challenges in the church of Ephesus. And so Timothy was a young disciple of Paul, ordained as a pastor of the church at Ephesus. And at the time, the church was undergoing such harsh persecution under Emperor, Emperor Nero. And facing this incredible hardship in the absence of Paul was very difficult for this young man. But in the meantime, this letter came from Paul during his second imprisonment. And Paul was awaiting his death. In fact, this would be his last epistle. Timothy had every right to be scared of preaching the word of God. He could end up just like his teacher, Paul. And looking around the tumultuous opposition in Ephesus, he surely had some doubt. So Paul, aware of the troubles for Timothy, lovingly calls him my son. But also aware of the task at hand, tells him to be strong. And so today I want to unpack 2 Timothy chapter 2. So if you have your Bible or your browser, you're at home, uh, sitting in the couch, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. The first point we understand is to be strong. As a disciple, we need to be strong. Timothy, my dear son, he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Not just be strong, but to be strong to your connection to Christ by living in God's grace. Paul calls Timothy to a new level of spiritual strength. We are continually empowered by the grace of God, which he sent forth in his Holy Spirit. So when we think of God's grace, we often, often think of it in only one dimension, but it has at least two dimensions to it. The first dimension of God's grace is God's saving grace. 
This is God sending his son to die for our sin, forgiving us of our sin. But there's more than just saving grace. There's also God's empowering grace, where God empowers us to serve him. He gifts us to serve him. He carries us through times when we are weak. And this is what Paul wanted Timothy to experience in a high-stress life that he lived. It is what Paul wants us to experience as well in a high-stress lives that we live. It's when we walk with Christ that we experience the empowering grace of Christ in our weaknesses. This means there's good news for us this morning. If we are here today and maybe we're struggling with wayward children or pandemic fatigue or loneliness, discouragement, sickness, fear, or a difficult marriage, you need to know strength is available to you. God's strength is here to help you make it through your tough time. The strength is found in Jesus. And so Paul isn't calling Timothy to get a rush of adrenaline and do it on his own. No, he's calling him to realize the power within Christ. It is the power that transforms. And every time a new spiritual leader arises in the Bible, we find a beckoning call to spiritual strength. Let me give you an example in the Old Testament. Joshua, following the death of Moses, in Joshua chapter one, verse nine, God claims the obvious. This is my command. Be what? Be strong. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There is nothing to be afraid of because the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. I want you to know whatever you've been assigned by God to accomplish in life has been ordered by Christ. And so whatever difficulty, whatever challenge, whatever adversity, whatever fear that you're going through right now, if Christ has called you to that task, it will be accomplished. Why? Because he's commanded it. He has ordered it in his divine providence and sovereignty. And so how could Timothy put himself in a position to experience more of God's strength in his weakness? How can we put ourselves in a position to experience more of God's strength when we are too weak to stand? Paul then provides Timothy with four analogies of being a disciple in order to really make the be strong calling practical. He tells Timothy that a good servant, a good disciple is like a teacher like a soldier, like an athlete, and like a farmer. Let's look at these four analogies. Number one, he says, Timothy, to be a good disciple, equip like a teacher. Equip like a teacher. And he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, he says what? Entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul is saying... Pass on what you know to people who are able then to pass it on to others. Like a relay race where the baton goes from the first runner to the second runner to the third runner and to the fourth runner. Make sure, Paul says, that it goes to reliable people each time. How do we do this? 
We need to invest our lives as disciples into other men and other women who will be able to teach. What should we look for? Faithfulness. He says, entrust to what? Faithful men and women. This is the main qualification, what Timothy was to look for. It's the same that we are to look for as disciples. Commit God's word to faithful men and women so that they will teach others also. It's nice to have people that are good at teaching. But if there's no faithfulness in a person's life, being a good teacher is worthless. Because they're not reliable to do the task that God has them to do. So Paul tells Timothy, find people you can depend upon and teach them well. So how do we invest in others? It's by being a disciple. There's so much emphasis today in the Christian world on making disciples, which is a command that we need to do. But are we being a disciple first? Being a disciple means know the truth and model the truth. Know the truth and model the truth. And so when we equip, we equip the total man and woman. We must know the truth, but we must also live the truth. Live the truth at home. Live the truth at work. Live the truth in your attitude. Live the truth in your action as we deal with others and minister in all things. The character of Christ is to be constantly growing more and more in us. I want to give you an example of a young man that I discipled. Uh, when I was at my former church, I was a youth pastor, so I, he was in the youth ministry at like 13 years old. And uh, his mom came to me. She has two sons. She came to me. Both of them were in the youth ministry. And she said, um, you're having influence on my son. And so I go, like, you know, what kind of influence am I having on him, right? <laughs> so she goes, I want to tell you, every morning we have, like, you know, family prayer. And she said that, um, you know, David, he's, he's not the one to first be like, hey, mom, I want to pray. But she said this, this morning when I said, who wants to pray? He, he was like, I, I want to pray. I want to pray, mom. And so she was like, oh, okay, go ahead and pray. And he says, but mom, I want to pray like Pastor Ryan. Have you ever seen that man pray? And so she said, he went, Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your mercy and grace this morning. <laughs> I was humbled by that. <laughs> but it taught me a lesson. Someone's always watching us. So represent Christ well in all that you do. God is not asking for perfection. But he's saying, be consistent. Be consistent in your, your walk with me. Represent me well wherever you go. That when people watch you, they, they can see something that resembles God. That they want to follow him as well. I'm glad to say that young man today, he's in his 20s, graduated from college. He's actually a... a a worship leader in the local church. And so are we entrusting the gospel to reliable people who will pass it on to others? Are we sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with our children, our grandchildren, our coworkers, our classmates, our neighbors? Like Paul, we should make sure the message of Christ doesn't end with our generation. 
And so let us lean in on his divine strength and power to do it. The second point that he says in the second analogy is to persevere like a soldier. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. Paul knew that continued ministry of the gospel would mean continued personal suffering. Therefore, Paul implies graphic metaphors to encourage Timothy to persevere in the faith. He says, share in the suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul was certainly suffering in prison. So he invites Timothy to join him and compares his suffering to that of a soldier. The life of a soldier in ancient times had more than its share of suffering. In addition to the constant threat of opposing armies, soldiers often went days without food and they were away for years at a time from their families. And so Paul continues to elaborate on the perseverance of a soldier when in verse four he says that soldiers do not get entangled in civilian pursuits because his goal is to please his commanding officer. See, while on duty, soldiers have to have a single-minded focus. As disciples, we need to have single-minded focus. There's so many things in this world today that can get us distracted. That God is like, stay focused. If we preoccupy our time with outside concerns that take us off the mission and vision, we put ourselves and our whole company in danger. Likewise, Paul called Timothy to that same single-minded focus on his ministry and on being a disciple. He says, don't be distracted by the things of this world. And there's a lot of good things in this world. Not all things are bad, but don't be distracted with it that you give all your devotion and heart to that and not to Christ. Number three, he says, be disciplined like an athlete. Second Timothy chapter two, verse five, he says, and athletes, cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. An athlete's life involves discipline. Talent is not hard to find, but it's not enough. If you want to compete, there are rules to be followed. If you don't follow the rules, you're suspended or disqualified. And it's like that being a disciple as well. It involves daily obedience in the small things so that our lives line up with what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do. Paul is actually just giving and sharing all of his life to Timothy because he's an example. And we find that example in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26 and 27 because he says this when it comes to being an athlete. He says, so I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing, punching the air. I love that because Paul is actually saying, you know, I want to make a dent for Christ. I want to have some impact for Christ. When I, when I leave, they'll know that Christ was here, right? So that, that should be us as disciples. When, we, when we're gone, our communities, where we were at, people will say, Christ was here. You made a dent here. So verse 27 says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. 
Paul sees himself as competing to win souls for Christ and to receive an eternal recognition for that effort. Such a crown is such of great value that will never be taken away from you. So he disciplines his body from any desire or lust that would disqualify him from receiving that prize in Christ. I want to give you a quote from Stephen Graves. He's the founder of Coaching by Cornerstone, where he advises executives, business owners, and young entrepreneurs. He says this about discipline. Ultimately, discipline in any area is really just a series of choices. For athletes, it's about saying no to the burger and yes to the grilled salmon. Sounds good. (laughs) No to a late night out, yes to the early morning film session. For the rest of us, the choices may not be so cut and dried, but discipline is still about consistently making the small right decisions that make up a life or career of right choices. So important. He nails it. Every day, we're making these right choices and they're being stacked on top of each other, which really shows the greatness of Christ in our life. Right? The fourth point he says is this to be a disciple, you got to work hard like a farmer. Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, he says, And hard working farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Paul changes metaphors again. Who gets the first harvest? Who gets the biggest harvest? The answer is the one who worked hard. Paul says the harvest comes to the hardworking farmer, to the one who puts in the effort. The lazy disciple who doesn't dedicate his or her life to loving Jesus, learning about Jesus, and serving Jesus will never see a harvest as a disciple. It doesn't come to the lazy. It comes to the hardworking. Two-time Super Bowl winner Ray Lewis said this, the only thing that follows hard work is results. And you know what? I think he's right. Because when we work for the Lord, everything we do for the Lord, he uses. Nothing's wasted. And what we do for the Lord, it's never in vain. Never. Sometimes we may think it's in vain. It's small. We don't, maybe people don't even recognize it. But I want you to know God sees it. It's on his radar, it's on his agenda, and he's empowering you to do it. So each of these pictures has a note for us, a note of self-denial. A teacher spends his or her life to produce other teachers. A soldier gives his life to the duty of battle. An athlete restricts his life for the sake of maximum effort, and the farmer expends his life to produce a crop. And so in verse seven, Paul asks us to truly reflect, ponder, look at our lives. Am I a strong Christian? Timothy, he says, it's up to you and the Lord now. And this young servant, his spiritual son who is struggling and overwhelmed, he says, take these four pictures and keep going. He's telling us that today as well. Take these four pictures and keep going. Give away 
your life and pass the baton. Don't break the rules. Don't be entangled with this world and keep working hard. A final word. If anything is going to be said about you, as we look at some of the life lessons of Timothy, if anything is going to be said about you, let it be what Paul says about Timothy in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 through 21. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 through 21. Look what Paul says about Timothy. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. It tells us that Timothy was an encourager. But he says in verse 20, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Paul searched amongst his acquaintances for someone to go to Philippi for a spiritual checkup on them. He must have asked a number of them to do this. Evidently, all of them turned him down, not because they couldn't do it, but they turned him down because they were interested solely in themselves and their own interests and their own concerns. They all had perfect good excuses because none of them undertook the journey to go to Philippi. But the only one to whom Christ's business was his business was Timothy. And Paul says, I have no one like him. You can imagine what an encouragement he must have been to the apostle's heart as he's longing to send someone to the Philippians to help them with their problems and everyone turns to him and they say, no, Paul can't do it. No, Paul can't do it. No, can't do it. Sorry. And he calls on Timothy. And Timothy, because he's selfless, says, Paul, I'm ready to go. Anytime, any place, anywhere for Jesus. This was the selflessness of this man. And Paul says, there's no one like him. His interests are for God. His interest is also for the people of God. Don't we need leaders like that today in the church of Jesus Christ? Not so caught up with ourselves, but caught up with what God wants us to do. And so there's a lessons that we learn from Timothy here. Number one is this, be faithful in a supporting role and God will promote you. Timothy was just a ministry partner with Paul in his second missionary journey, along with Silas. And what happens that he's so faithful in that supporting role that God promotes him, makes him a bishop and overseer at the church at Ephesus. And then Paul tells him, because I'm incarcerated, go do a spiritual check on the church at Philippi. They're looking forward to seeing you and go and encourage them as well. Wherever you are right now in your life, you may be in a supportive role. Good. Because God uses us in the supportive role to learn the lessons when he's about to promote you. You'll know what to do when you step into your destiny. Why? Because you've learned the lessons in the supportive role. So important. Number two, we must be godly in order to be qualified and effective in teaching godliness to others. And that's what Paul was talking about. As we pass down this 
legacy of godliness, we first have to be it. We have to walk in it. We have to model it. Timothy was just that example. He was an encourager. He was strong in faith. He was trusted. And he set an example of integrity to the believers that he discipled. The final point we learned from the lesson in Timothy's life is this. Many start well, but few persevere to a victorious finish. We all know someone who started out and they were on fire for Christ. They might have been sitting next to you two years ago. They're not here anymore. What happened? The flame went out. They got entangled. They stopped serving. They got discouraged. I don't know what it may be, but maybe they're not serving today. Let us continue to encourage each other, as Paul encouraged Timothy, that we finish strong for Christ. We live well for Jesus. And that one day we will have the prize that will never be tarnished. It's eternal. Can I offer a prayer for us today? Father, give us the single-minded focus We're about a lot of things, but our work is to multiply disciples. So we want to pay the cost as we're strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus. The grace that gives us strength each and every day. So I pray that you would help us to do this. Help us here at the Life Christian Church, Lord. Help each and every one of us to do it in our communities. I pray that at the end of our lives, there will be some disciples who are making disciples because we made it our focus to be a disciple and to disciple others. I pray this would have a ripple effect throughout generations to come. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.